Good morning. Let's stand for worship as the saints come dragging in. Amen? Can you say amen this morning? We're going to have a wonderful time in the Lord in worship. Pastor Steve's going to be bringing the Word of God to us this morning. I'm excited about what God is fixing to do in our church. Amen? I've been praying and some other pastors have been praying about vision. And I've been praying. Sister Tina's been praying. And you guys have been praying. And I believe God is about ready to open up a door for this church that we've never seen. I believe the harvest is coming in. The Lord is the Lord has just showed me as I've been praying and, and all of us has been praying and seeking the face of God. God has not forgot us and God's getting ready to do great and mighty things. But today we're here to worship the Lord. We're here to magnify the Lord. Do you know I was thinking the other day, and I'm talking a hundred mile an hour. I was thinking the other day, you remember Hannah? I spoke about this in the service one time. When Hannah made her way to the temple. Remember in the Old Testament where Hannah made her way to the temple. Where did Hannah get her miracle? At the temple. Where did Hannah get her miracle? At the temple. Sometimes we don't take coming to the house of God near serious enough because it is if it was if it was a big deal in the Old Testament for them to show up uh, at the tabernacle. It is a big, really big deal under the new covenant that you and I, through that great covenant, through the blood, we have that opportunity to worship this morning. It's an act of worship just showing God that we're coming to the temple to worship this morning. Can you give the Lord a hand this morning? Praise the Lord. Just a couple of announcements. Ladies Bible study, the last week for the ladies and men's Bible study. Uh, if you've missed it, it's been a wonderful Bible study talking about uh, the armor of God and what God is uh, doing and what God wants to do in our uh, lives, putting on the armor of God. And then uh, Pastor John is going to be starting up uh, the youth uh, and the youth on April the 16th, the April the 16th at 4 p.m., ages 6 to 12. Uh, our youth group is going to start up. I'm excited about this. Uh, God has just worked a miracle in our church. Pastor John is over our youth now, and Pastor Amanda went back taking our children's church over, and I believe God is just going to use them in a great and mighty way. I just remember Sister T uh, uh, Tina saying about six, eight, ten months ago that God is positioning us and giving us a great team here, Brother Malcolm, a great team, because the harvest, the field is white unto harvest, and God's about to do something great. The devil has been fighting and twisting and turning, but the best is yet to come. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise the Lord. It's good to see my mother in the house of God this morning. Let's give her a hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in worship this morning. Amen. Now give the Lord a hand this morning. Give him another hand. He is worthy. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, you're going to have to bear with me because somebody unplugged me. All right, Lori. Amen. Has anybody ever unplugged you before? All right. Well, thank goodness we can get right back to it. Amen. Everybody had a good week? Amen. How many is expecting a move of God today? Amen. Hallelujah. And there we are. Amen. Praise the Lord anyhow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for electricity. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let's
Let's give the Lord one more hand this morning. Thank you, God, for what you're about to do in this place. Hallelujah.
He's a preacher. He can figure out. Brandon people. I'm not sure what's going on. He's like he's Just talk. And man, just keep talking. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. But I'm going to ask somebody, and so don't get used to this, because we're not going to get the habit of this, but does somebody want to testify? Yeah. And I do say that because I like the service, so, so, but I'm going to let Sister Dina testify. This is the Lord, because this has got to be the Lord, because I stand back there, and I'm so excited. God's moving greatly. And I thought, God, I just gotta, I just gotta testify. Somehow I gotta share this. And he said that I just felt like it was the Lord. So um, I'm gonna be honest, if I say anything that I don't want to offend anybody, please. But we've been going to a Bible study on Thursday nights down in Greenville, and it's at a Presbyterian church, and there's all kinds of denominations, and it's powerful and it's growing. I praise God for it. Um, Colleen, my best friend, had asked me, she said, Tina, would you go with me to a prayer advance in Roanoke? It's a Baptist church. It's Baptist. But would you go? Now, I'm going to be honest. I was thinking, God, you know how I love the fire. And you know I've been raised in Pentecost. And I thought, God, I don't. And I said, yeah, I'll go with you, Coley, because she's been going to a little uh, church down below her. So I went, and honestly, in my mind, I didn't know what to expect. I knew, you know, I didn't know how they were going to worship. I didn't know, and I was like, and I've had some family members that have been Baptists, and it's just not, I'm not saying it's not because I found out it is. But we went to this thing, and I'm telling you what, it was three days in the presence of the Lord. And honey, the bat, listen, God is moving. And it's starting out in prayer meetings. They, they were testimonies given where there's been people that have been led and said they've gone to their pastor and said, can we start a prayer meeting here? The prayer meetings are breaking out all through Roanoke. God, it's not man-made. There's nothing about it. They're in the presence of God in their prayer time, and God is beginning to drop His Spirit upon these prayer meetings. People are getting delivered. Listen, they're repenting. We think smoking and drinking and all that, yes, a lot, our body's the temple we got to take care of these bodies. But I'm telling you, God is setting people free from unforgiveness, bitterness. People have got, got up and testified how their husbands have had affairs and they thought they had forgiven, but they hadn't. God is searching hearts, people. God is getting, our, our churches are getting unified. He's wanting us, he's building his last church, people. He's building the last church. And I'm telling you what, I was so, I seen people like this. By the end of that, they were worshiping. I took my flag with me. I was the only one waving the flag of hallelujah. But you know what? God is stirring. It's going to be the best, the best is yet to come. We are about to experience the best of God. We've, we've prayed for a long time. Y'all have prayed. Pastors prayed. My, my, my. God has not forgotten us. Our families are coming in. Make room. Make room. Because I'm telling you, we're going to see His glory. Get your eyes off everything. Keep the vision. I'm telling you, I can't wait. And I know you can't either. Thank you, Pastor. Praise the Lord. Let's give Sister Tina a hand. Amen. Praise the Lord.
One of the one of the things the Holy Spirit's been dropping in my spirit is and uh, is overflow. I was walking across the I was walking across the I was talking to Brother Dale and his family a couple Sundays ago uh, across the parking lot over there, and I walked across that and I walked across the the grass there. And I don't know if you remember about eight or ten years ago, I had <clears throat> I had plans drew up for a multi-purpose center over here. You remember that? I walked across the, I walked across, Pastor Amanda, I walked across the grass and right, Brother Dale, right in the middle, God spoke to me and said, have you lost your vision for what I gave you six or seven years ago? He said, you're going to need that for the overflow that I'm about to bring. Amen. So God is positioning us for miracles signs and wonders in these last days and I I just uh, Sister Tina don't know this but the Lord spoke to me uh, a couple days ago last Tuesday your pastors Pastor John and uh, Pastor Steve and myself met up in the uh, youth room and we started a process of every Tuesday every other Tuesday we're getting together and we are praying together for this local church for vision like we've never seen before and I believe God is about to do something. Don't get discouraged. Don't get down. God is moving in our country. He's going to be moving in this church. And I believe the best is yet to come. Amen. How many believes everything you just heard this morning? How many believe that God can do it right here? Right here at Calvary Assembly. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
lead them like you're leading a big choir without the music this morning. Let's throw our hands up in the air and let's sing this together a cappella. Come on. What he's done. Come on, sing it out like a big choir. All the glory and the honor to the Son. Lord, we thank you. My sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. I thank God for what he's done. My sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. Help me glad you futures in heaven, church. Amen. Continually play that. Walk around and shake your neighbor's hand this morning. Y'all keep on. Oh, hallelujah. this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. And amen. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday. The following Sunday, Easter Sunday. Invite your friends, invite your family, invite your enemies. Amen. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. Uh, next Sunday, I'm going to be, next Sunday, I'm going to be preaching on the cross. And I'm going to be preaching on the blood. Do you know that everything through the cross has been supplied to you and I? We just have to access it. Our healing, our prosperity, I could go on and on and on, is all paid for at the cross. We just have to access it. So next Sunday, uh, we're going to talk about the thorns that he took on his head. We're going to talk about his purest side and everything that was supplied to you and I through the cross. Amen. Pastor Steve is going to be preaching for us this morning. He has been studying and praying, and I've been looking forward to it. So uh, get your pen and paper out and take notes and 
Uh, Joel is going to pray over him this morning. I know you just sat down, but I want you to stand back up and raise your hands this way, and I'm going to let Joel pray over him this morning. How many of you know that the call of God is on our younger generation? Amen. It's on our younger generation. Amen. Brother Joel. It's, uh, it's Jack, by the way. It's Jack. I'm yes, sorry. Sir. There you go. Dear Heavenly Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this um, day. Thank you for the crowd we have here today. Please help the um, spirit just fall upon uh, Pastor Steve and everyone here. Please open our hearts and just help us to receive the word. Um, Bring us all closer to you and to each other in these times. And uh, just um, help everything to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I was um, sitting back there and I was listening to the, the testimony. I was listening to the vision that God has. And I feel like the Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart just down there just now. And I believe church, as she said, greater things are coming. And what come to my spirit was we, get, we might as well get ready to start enlarging the places of our tent. Can somebody say praise God? We need to start get ready to start stretching out the tent curtains wide and do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right, you will spread out to the left. Your descendants will, dispo, the, 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 it will reach all nations and settle in the desolate cities. Think about that. There are some desolate cities that life's going to come back to and they're going to be coming into this place. Amen. Let's give the Lord another praise. Appreciate Pastor Kevin giving me the opportunity to bring the Word to you this morning. And we're going to get right into the Word. Uh, and we want to go into the book of Luke. If you have your Bibles, it's going to be Luke chapter 17. If you don't have your Bibles, it would be up on the screen, I believe. And we're going to start reading there in verse 11 through 19. It says, now it happened, say it happened, as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. Can you say afar off? And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, say he saw them, He said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, say as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice. Can we say a loud voice? He glorified God and fell down at his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, where, or look there, here's the key, were not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Or he could say, Go your way, for your faith has made you whole. 
Not only did this one lone leper come back to give gratitude and worship to Jesus, but I believe he received a whole healing. I believe he received salvation. I believe he, del he received his deliverance. I don't know what happened to the other nine, but bless God, he got his miracle because he recognized that he needed to come back and thank the Savior, thank the healer, thank the Lord. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, before we get in this message, I hope that you're not one of the nine. <laughs> I hope you're not one of the nine. Now in these passages of Scripture, where the Holy Spirit began to speak to me, I began to see that Jesus was going into Jerusalem. And going into Jerusalem, He had to pass through two places. He says that He passed through Samaria, and He passed uh, through Galilee. And in these places were considered by a lot of the religious groups, they were places of rejection. They wasn't liked in those areas. In that area, you could say that there was a multitude of people there that was mixed. And yet Jesus said, I've got to go through this area. It was a mixed race because there were a lot of intermarriages going on in Samaria. The Samaritans actually were despised by the Jews. They wasn't liked by the Jews, and the Jews classified them. They looked at them and they said, you know what these are, guys are? These are outsiders. These are the ones that we stay away from because they belong to the tax collectors and they, they are part of the sinners. What I love about Jesus, come on church, I said what I love about Jesus is that He loves to go to the places where the rejects are. Oh, thank God, Jesus loves to go to the place where those misfits are. Jesus likes to go to the place for those who have been cast aside and are forsaken by the religious groups of our churches across our land. Jesus is still reaching out because He knows they need a Savior. Now you can imagine that when they stood afar off, they feel like they're an outsider. They feel isolated, they feel rejected, and they feel unwelcomed, if you will, by these religious groups. Can I tell you this morning that the church is not here for the clean? Or it is for the clean, but I'm wanting you to know it's also for the unclean. It's not just for the saved, Pastor, but it's for those who are unsaved. It's for those outcasts. It's for those misfits. It's for those who feel rejected out there. And even if they have drug or alcohol, alcohol addictions, even if they have some type of a, a simple behavior going on in their life, I want you to know that this is the place that they need to be. They need to be in the place where God can bring a miracle and God can bring deliverance. They need to be welcomed into the church. Because you know what? Everybody in this world, including you and I, at one time, listen, everybody is searching for meaning in their life. There are people out there, they know that there's a purpose, but they got to try to find what purpose that is. They're looking for some kind of a significance in their life. But most importantly, people out there, they're in this unclean situation. They are crying out for truth. 
They're crying out for somebody who will care for them, who will come where they're at. Mm -hmm. You know, I, the last time I seen in the Bible, uh, Jesus, he, he didn't go to the cross just for the religious groups. Jesus said He went to the cross to pay the ultimate sacrifice for all sinners. Can somebody say all sinners? And He was wanting to shed His precious blood so they could be redeemed and they could be saved from a place called hell. But it wasn't just to escape hell. It was so that we could have life and that we could have life more abundantly. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven to have joy and peace and healing and deliverance. Bless God, we can have it, and it's accessible to us right now. Because Jesus is in the house. Aren't you thankful for that? Look at your neighbor and look at him and say, look, we were all misfits and sinners at one time. We were all misfits and sinners one time. Listen, it's so easy for a lot of people to look at other people and judge them, Pastor, by the way they act and by the way they dress and by the way they look. But I want you to know God is looking into the heart of man. God is not looking upon their clothing. God is not looking upon their, if they're barefoot, if they're dirty, if they've got strongholds on their life. But what God is doing, He has eyes of compassion and He's looking right into their hearts. If you think you're better than they are, let me remind you what Romans 3 says. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. Say all. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Being justified, how? Freely only by the grace and through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So I look at that as to say, if you're saved here this morning, you ought to be thanking God because the only justification you have is because of God's mercy, because of God's love, because of God's grace that He bestowed upon you by sending His only begotten Son into this world for the misfits, for the unclean, for the sinners. He came to bring justification to us so that now we can stand before a holy God and we have access now to come before the throne room of God and bring to Him our issues. The story of the lepers taught me two very important lessons as I looked at this story. I said, Jesus, thank You for always being available when I'm faced with adversities, when I am faced with a crisis that's going on in my life, when everything, it seems like everything's coming against me, I thank God He's available and I can still cry out to Him just like the lepers did for His mercy. And the second thing that I got from this story is that when He delivers you, church, come on, I know you've been through times when it didn't seem like you didn't know way out. I know you've been up against mountains and goliaths and you've been up against walls and, and, and you're in the lowest part of the valley that you don't know how you're going to get out of it. But I want you to remember this. When God 
sets you free. And when God reaches down and brings the miracle upon your life, don't you be like those other nine lepers who forgot to come back and bring praise and glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ for setting them free. Because you're going to have times that you're going to face that in this, in this life. And this life, it may be something, it may be attacking your health. It could be attacking your own finances. It might be a relational issue. It may be other issues. And when we get in a time of crisis and we get into a time of despair, what happens? The enemy wants to bring doubt. The enemy wants to bring fear. The enemy wants to bring a sense of hopelessness to us. He wants us to think that we, like the lepers, are going to die in that situation. But I want you to know that there's still power in the name of Jesus. There's still healing in the name of Jesus. We, when it looks like all hope is fading, that's probably sometimes the best place to be because now you're not looking at other sources, but you're looking at the source. You are maybe far off and you may be way out there somewhere feeling like the, that you're just going to sink, feeling like it's just, you're just going to have to give up. And then all of a sudden you get into this place where you say, oh, but ain't nobody and there ain't nothing right now that's going to have to keep me. I've got to get to where Jesus is. I've got to find Jesus because if I can get to Jesus and I get to Him with my desperation, I too can cry out to the Lord, Jesus, Master, have mercy upon me. How many believes these lepers were in a desperate situation? If you don't think it was desperate, you need to understand what leprosy was then. Leprosy at that time was an incurable disease. The leper was known, basically called a walking dead man. The, the, the victims uh, that had leprosy, the, 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 they, it progressed to the point, the Bible it, it talks about how that they would just look so disfigured they would look so ugly. Their skin disease would just come out and they were very sick. And the Bible talks about how that a lot of times, listen, they would even uh, lose some of their fingers. They could lose toes. They could lose limbs. But eventually they also would lose their life. That's desperation. When you get to a place where you feel like all is gone and you have nothing else to turn to. But I think the only worst part of that all is this. Uh, just like the days of COVID when they wouldn't let the ones in the hospitals even be around their family. They too felt lonely. They too felt rejected. They felt like they were isolated and they were. But they, that's how the lepers were. The lepers were in a situation that not only did they have to face a physical death, but they had to face the fact that they had to go through this alone. They were isolated and they were rejected by those. When they seen them afar off, they would have to cry out, and they'd have to say, unclean, unclean. That's what Leviticus tells us. All the days they would have to cry out, unclean. And it says, and they would have this, and, and all the days they had this plague, they would be unclean, and they would dwell alone. Outside the camp shall his habitation be. But in verse 12, I love the part where it says that Jesus is coming through, and they stood afar off. From a distance. Because they knew by the religious law that that's what they had to do. They had to go by what the law said to do, right? But they didn't understand that the one who said, I come to fulfill the law was about ready to walk through. Amen? 
They didn't understand, but then when they seen Jesus, I can imagine that one of them had to strike up a conversation. Hey, this is that one we heard about that has brought uh, sight to the blind. This is the one that we've heard about that has uh, caused the lame to walk again. This is the one that we've heard about where demons have been cast out. Oh, we, we ain't got no other choice. Why don't we just cry out and say, Jesus, Master, will you have mercy upon us? As they stood afar off, they called out to Jesus. And I believe, Pastor, that as I got that vision, I thought about the people that are far off. I wonder in our own community. I wonder in our own neighborhoods. I wonder in our own workplaces that there are people who are crying out. They have to stand afar off. They don't feel like they can come into the church. They don't feel like they're welcome into the churches. They don't feel like they'll be received by the churches. And they're crying out because you know what? Unfortunately, there are a lot of churches who have their own social clubs. There are a lot of churches who will not let them fit in to their, to their clique. We got to get away from that. Jesus never ran from that. Jesus ran to them. Jesus came to them. He come around the sinners. He came around the tax collectors. He come around the drug addicts. He come around the alcoholics. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's time that the church goes back into Samaria and goes back into Galilee and brings the gospel of the message that it can bring them healing and bring them deliverance. Oh God, help us at Calvary. Let us be a place, oh God, where the sinners will feel drawn in this place and not drawn away. We don't want to draw them away. We want them to feel drawn to. Not to us. But whenever we see this revival that's getting ready to come into this place, when we see that we're going to have to enlarge the tents, when we see that we're going to have to add on other structures we're going to have to get ready because people from all walks of life, nationalities, problems, diseases, sickness, addictions, strongholds, bless God, bring them in, Lord. Bring them in, Lord, because this place is a hospital for the sick. It is not just a place for us to come together for one hour on Sunday, pat each other on the back, how was your week, sing a song or two and go home. Jesus, we got to see people healed. Jesus says those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. You're here well, you need to be praising God. You were once sick, but now I'm well. I was once blind, but hallelujah, I can see now. So i got to get back to Jesus and really be grateful and really start giving praise and worship to the One who saved me and who delivered me and set me free. You know, there was those uh, Pharisees and those religious groups that I talk about. Those are the ones that I'm talking I'm not talking about the ones here in our church. I'm talking about these ones who feel like they have some kind of religion. Uh, they, they go by their own mandate. They go by their own rules and regulations. They look at things the way they see things. They don't look at the way God sees things. Amen? And these religious people looked at sin, uh, Jesus and said, You know what? He's a friend of sinners. I thank God he was a friend of this sinner. Amen. Luke 15, it says, All the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Now listen, we all know 
But Jesus didn't go into the house to eat with them to condone what they were doing. Jesus never went into the house to participate in their sinful behaviors. But what Jesus said, I've got to do, I've got a mission, I've got to go. My mission is to seek and to save that which is lost. I have to come and present myself to them with the good news that there is still salvation. There is still healing. There is still deliverance. There is hope for them. I'm their hope. I'm their healer. I'm their savior. And I've got to go where the sick are. I've got to go where they can be healed, set free, and delivered by the power of God. I remember, Pastor, when, whenever the Jesus walked into the synagogue, and they were expecting this elaborate speech. They were expecting a sermon from him. And all he done was stood up and he opened up the scroll, the Bible says, on the Sabbath day, because all those religious ones were talking about was sitting back listening at him. And all he done was he opened up the scroll and he said, the Spirit of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who were bound. And then he looked around and he said, he went back, he sat down, and they looked at him, waiting for something else for him to say. And this is what he said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. See, their church, there are broken-hearted people out there in our community. There might be some broken-hearted people in your family. There may be broken-hearted people in your neighborhood. But the Bible says the broken-hearted are people that have become weakened. They have become crushed in spirit. They have feel like they have been destroyed because nobody seems to be reaching out. So they feel spiritually bankrupt. They don't think there's any hope for them. But I want you to know there's still hope. I want you to know that God is still in the saving business. God can still heal, deliver, and set free. God just is expecting the church to reach out with His hands, with His mouth, with be vehicles, be conduits, if you will, that we've got to go out into the Samaria and into the Galilees. We can't go where the comfortable is, as Pastor John preached last week. We just can't go where it's all comfortable and just pat each other around on the back and have a good time. Like the lepers, there are people in our community, I believe they're crying out for the Lord's help. I believe they are standing afar off asking Jesus, is there somebody? Who is there somebody who will just quit passing me by? Jesus didn't pass them by, did He? You know, I love what David said in Psalms when you're broken inside and you feel like you're crushed. In Psalms 34 and 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And He saves those who are crushed in their spirit. Amen? When Jesus heard them cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy upon me. When He heard that cry coming from the depths of their heart, He was traveling to Jerusalem, but all of a sudden I can see Jesus just stop. And with eyes of compassion looking at them afar off. I can just imagine Him seeing them and he wasn't hearing their cry as they were crying out. They were crying out, Jesus. Savior is what Jesus means. Amen. The Savior of the world is who they was crying out for. They wasn't crying out to Muhammad. They wasn't crying out to Buddha. They wasn't crying out for some counselor. They wasn't 
crying out for a pastor to come to them, but they knew Jesus, the Savior, the Deliverer, the Healer was coming through. And so they cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy upon us. Listen to me, church. When the community around this church out here is crying out the same way they cried out, and if we neglect to hear their cry, if we neglect to reach out to them and show that we care and bring them the gospel of the Jesus Christ, the news that He can deliver them, love them, set them free, if we don't do that, the thief will. I said the thief will. Because Jesus said the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And there are a lot of people who are getting their lives destroyed because the church has been too quiet for too long and the enemy and his demonic forces of hell has come against them and is bringing destruction upon their lives. It's time that we follow Jesus' example. Pastor, it's time that we get up with the vision of God give us and we have the boldness and we have the courage and we walk not in our might by our power, but we go out and by the Spirit of God, we come up against the ones who worship the Baals. We come up against the ones that the demons have had them under some kind of a bondage and stronghold. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, we come up to them and say, Jesus, we speak healing. Jesus, we speak deliverance over them. Jesus, we bring the salvation to them. How many would you, if you were in their situation, would like somebody to bring that to you? We all need to cry out, don't we? We all need to cry out. I'm so thankful that when I'm in a time, a situation that I have to cry out to the Lord, that I can remember this. Jesus will do and can do and always wants to do exceeding. He, oh, listen to me. He don't want to just do it halfway. He don't just reach out, touch you, and bring a half a healing. I want you to know He will do exceeding, abundantly, above all, that we can begin to ask or think. And the Bible says, according to the power that works in us. The power works in us to reach them. Verse 14 says, Jesus saw them. Now look at your neighbor and say, God sees you where you are. God knows what you're up against. He already knows this, but you need to quit believing the lies of the devil. You need to quit allowing doubt and fear and despair to come in. And you need to remember who you are. You are a child of the living God. You have been redeemed and bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. He has put His mark upon you. You are His child. You are from a royal family. You're not a stranger to Him. You're not an outcast to God. You're no longer a misfit to God. God looks upon you not as an orphan. He looks at you as His child. The Bible says, I will be a father to you. You will be my sons. You will be my daughters, saith who? The Lord Almighty. He said, I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. So when you're going through those troubles and trials and, tri and tribulations, when it seems like that all hell 
has come up against you personally. And at times it seems like all hell has come against your marriage. All hell has come up against your family. All hell seems to try to be attacking this church. I want you to know that we need to say, get blessed be the name of the Lord. I want you to know God is about ready to do a miracle. God is about ready to drop signs and wonders and miracles in my situation. By faith, I'm accessing what's already been done at Calvary. I've only got to cry out, Lord, it is written, the Bible says that you shall never leave us. You shall never forsake us. The Bible says that you were wounded for my transgressions. You was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace is upon you. And by your stripes I received that healing in Jesus' name. Be encouraged, church, because you're not alone. Again, Jesus asks, where are the nine? Well, the other nine must have had amnesia or something. Because I'm going to tell you what, if I, like the one who was going to the priest, looked down, all of a sudden I began to see healing coming over my skin. And all of a sudden I began to see the miraculous work of God happening. He didn't touch me. He didn't put anointing oil on me. He didn't lay hands on me. He just said, go show yourself to the priest. And I want you to know when that happens, Something's got to have stir inside of you. Something's got to get excitement going that you can say, oh, I've got to return. I've got to return to the Savior. I've got to return to the healer. I've got to return to the Lord. Church, I think the Lord is telling us it's time that we turn back to God. It's time that we give Him real worship. It's time that we worship Him in spirit and in truth. We don't come in here socializing. We come in here ready to give God praise, glory, and honor for what He's done for us and what He's going to do for us and the revival that's going to come into this place. If we're going to expect that to happen, God is expecting us to bring to Him that kind of worship. So Jesus told the lepers, you show yourselves to the priest. Now listen, at the time He spoke to them, you go show yourself to the priest, they still had leprosy. They looked down upon the pigmentation of their skin and it didn't look good. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to reach out and heal you. He wanted to see if they were going to move in faith. How many knows it's time that we start listening to what the Lord says and then we start obeying what He tells us to do? It may seem like it's against logic. It's not a common logic sometimes when God tells you to do certain things. Listen to me. Had Naaman not went and dipped in the river of Jordan seven times, he would not have received his healing. He had to be at, take pride off, well, there's other rivers that are cleaner than that Jordan River. Why can't I go and dip in that one? Because that's not the one the Lord said to go dip in. When the Lord tells you to do something, and it may not seem strange to you. It may seem it's out of, out of common logic for you to do. It defies all that common logic. But you just got to go. Because of the Lord said, go show yourself to the priest. But I felt something coming out of my spirit when I read that and I said, Blessed be the name of the Lord. God, oh, you were the high priest standing there. You were the priest of all priests. And you spoke and you told them to go see the other priest. But I want you to believe, I want to believe church family, that I believe that when he spoke, there was rima, there was breath that came out of his mouth. And he spoke and he wanted to see if they was going to move on that spit, on that spoken word. Just understand this. The enemy knows that there is power 
in the spoken Word of God. You cannot speak to the enemy in your language or in your terms and get victory. But when you say Satan, it is written. I want you to know then there is power that comes forth from the Word of God. You pray that Word of God. You believe that Word of God. And you move in that Word of God. And then you expect the healing and the deliverance. Listen, if you trust Him and you move by faith, the Bible says by the time the lepers got to the priest, they didn't already get to the priest when they got their healing. They were in the, they were in the journey. And they looked down and seen that they were cleansed and healed of their leprosy. That means we just got to trust and we've got to believe what God says to do, don't we? That's all we got to do. It sounds easy enough. But listen, whenever I, I get uh, in a situation, as I talked about, as we get ready to wrap this thing up, you're going to get in places in your life when it feels like all hope's gone. I've tried this. I've talked to this one. I've went to this doctor. The doctor now is sending me out for tests. The doctor's out there sending it. He, he tells me the test results don't look good. I don't care what he says. Listen to me. I want you to know if Jesus tells you just to go on anyway. Hey, when, I, I believe that in the time that you're actually traveling to that place to get the final results, I want you to know even while you're driving to the doctor's appointment, I want you to know that before you even get there, as the lepers got to the priest, your healing can take place. But you've got to move in faith. You've got to step out and say, you know what? I may not see it right now, but it's coming. I, all i got to do is believe the spoken Word of God. All i got to do is just travel on. I'm going to go on to that doctor so I can tell the doctor who gets the glory. It's happened in my life. Oh, come on. I'm going to tell you right now. I, I, I can't be like one of the nine. Uh, you, you say, you're getting excited about this. You better believe I'm getting excited about this because I am the one that I have experienced the delivering and the healing power of God. And when it went against what the doctor said, the doctor has sent me even to a place called the cancer center. But I started praying in route to the clinic. I went from this doctor with the bad report to the blood work's not looking good. I'm sending you to the cancer center. But I want you to know that I begin to sing praises unto God. I begin to say, God, you're in control. God, I don't know what's going on right now, but all I know is you're still the healer. All I know is you're still the Savior. All I know is you're still the deliverer. And I'm going to go there because He tells me to go there. But bless God, when I get there, I'm going to believe that you've already intercepted. I'm only going to believe, God, that you brought healing into my body and you're going to set me free in church as a testimony before the Lord God Almighty. You ask my wife, she will tell you. And the doctor, the specialist that was in that office, he looked at me and he said, do you know, Mr. Tincher, why you're here? I said, yeah, I know why I'm here because the other doctor sent me here. He said, yeah, he sent you here and your blood work, the, the ones that he did, don't look good. But the blood work that I did before you came into my office, he said, I don't see anything wrong. He said, I see everything normal. I see everything lined up. He said, I, I, I don't see why you're here. I'm letting you go. 
Oh, I'm going to fall down and I'm going to worship and I'm going to praise God at his feet for his miraculous touch in my heart and my life. And the same that he does for me is the same he wants to do for you. I believe you can get, you'll be all right. You're going to be all right if you believe. You just got to believe. Amen. Anybody else got, can say, I've, I've witnessed that. I've seen that God do that for my life. Amen. Amen. We're about ready to close. I want to read a couple of scriptures. Psalm 63, verses 3 and 4. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. I will clap my hands. The Bible says all you people. And I'm going to shout to God with the voice of triumph. And there ain't nobody or nothing or no devil that's going to rob me or keep me from getting to Jesus and praising Him and worshiping Him. I'm not looking at the others around me, but when I come through those doors, I'm wanting to come in with an attitude of praise. I want to come in ready to worship God. I want to come in to give God the glory, the honor, and the praise because verse 15 tells us that only one of the lepers came back but when he came back, what did he do? He came down and fell at the feet of Jesus. And the Bible says that he worshipped him. He glorified him with a loud voice. A lesson for the church is this. I do believe there are times for quiet worship. I'm not, I'm not taking that away. In the quiet times, sometimes it's the best time you can have, right? But I also believe there are times when God is doing a miracle. God is doing healing. God is doing deliverances that we too, like this leper, we need to lift up our voices. Come on. We need to lift up our voices. And look at your neighbor and say, it needs to be loud. I don't believe this is a funeral home, is it? I don't think this is a funeral home. I don't think this is the place where the dead are. I think there's life in this place. I think there's healing in this place. I think the Savior's in this place. I think the Deliverer's in this place to set us free. This is the place when we come together that we walk into the presence of the Almighty God. We walk into the place where we can receive our miracle, where we can receive our healing, where we can receive salvation. Somebody needs to give God praise in this place and thank Him. He's the one that raised Jesus from the dead. He's the one that can bring you your healing. He's the one that can bring you your salvation. You know, I've seen worship teams get up and they have a hard time because you know why they have a hard time? They're wanting to worship God. They're wanting to praise God. But when we look back and see other people and they're just going... I know, I'm over time right now. <laughs> See, I didn't discern that. But when we get so caught up in those kind of things, what do you think the Lord thinks about that? Can somebody just say, what does the Lord think about that? Doesn't matter what you think or what I think, what does the Lord think when we do these things, Pastor? He's brought you through so many things. He's brought you healing. He's brought you deliverance. He's brought you salvation. And the Lord expects His people to praise Him. 
I remember one time, and, and we are closing here, some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said to Jesus, Master, Master. Again, they're speaking from their lips because it wasn't in their heart. They said, Your disciples are getting a little loud. Tell them to shut up. Now that's my terms. He actually says, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I will tell you this. If these hold their peace, listen to this church, if you hold your peace, he says the stones would immediately cry out in your place. I don't know about you this morning, but I don't want no stones crying out in my place. I want to be the one to come in with an attitude of praise and giving God glory and honor. I don't want stones taking my place. Do you know that even the mountains, Bible says God's creation praises Him? The Bible says the mountains and the hills break forth in praise unto God. The Bible says the trees of the field clap their hands. The Bible says the, the, the firmament, the glory of the firmament, give glory to God because you know why? He created them. He created them. As the worship team comes, I wonder this morning if you at times have felt like you have been afar off. I wonder if you would just stand in this place and only God knows your heart. As He sees you. You know, I've said it. He, he, look at your neighbor and say, He sees you. He sees you where you're at this morning. Some of you may be afar off. Some of you in your relationship to God, you may have drifted a little far off. But Jesus sees you. And He can do a healing salvation and a deliverance right now. You may be here and you're sick in your body. You're struggling with financial issues. You're struggling with relational issues. Hell seems to have come against you. I want you to know Jesus is in the house right now. He sees you. But you've got access to you got to access that deliverance through your faith. And you got to cry out from your own heart. I can't cry out for you. The other nine forgot about crying out, didn't they? But there's one in here, like one lone leper. i got to cry out. This altar's open if you want to come and pray as we're singing. It no longer stays your platform up here at an altar. So if you want to come, Gather around this altar and pray before we leave.
Jesus, you're here at the altar. You're the one that can bring healing into the mind, into the body, into their soul. Do it, God. Do a miracle right now. I've come crying out. Oh, I've come crying out, Lord. I'm crying out, Lord, right now, and I'm going to receive it in the name of Jesus. I receive the miracle in the name of Jesus. You have led me through the fire. It's coming. our hands just for a minute before we close. Come on, let's, let's tell him how good he is this morning. Every breath that I am, I will see of the goodness. If you need healing in your body this morning, let's continually sing that, honey. Lord, bring healing to everyone that needs healing right now. God, right where we stand this morning, from the top of their head all the way down through their back, their legs, God, just bring, you touch right now, God, and bring healing. Bring healing to marriages right now. Bring healing to our emotions right now. God, bring healing right now. Well, Father, thank you. You've been faithful, Lord. 
Come on, church, let's sing that one more time and we're going to close. Hallelujah. Of the goodness of God. Mm. Lord, just, Lord, breathe on us in a quiet way this morning. Breathe on us, Lord. Just breathe on us. Father, we come back to give you thanks. This is a house of miracles. So many of us in here has been healed by the miraculous. Father, Kevin, thank God for his healing power. You're here this morning because of God's healing. Amen. Let's give him a hand this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that we're getting ready to step into overflow in our life? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for that wonderful, wonderful message this morning. Let's give him a hand this morning. Amen. Yes. Tomorrow morning, 8.30, 8.30, tomorrow morning at 8.30, if you're able to be here in our Monday morning prayer at 8.30, uh, Sister Tina heads that, heads that up. And, and I ask you to be praying for our Monday morning prayer meeting. I also ask you to be praying for Pastor Steve and Pastor John and myself as we meet every other Tuesday evening just to cast vision and pray and seek God for uh, this local church. If you've noticed Pastor John the last couple times he's preached, if you've noticed Pastor John, there's been a, another a touch of an anointing on that young man's life. And if you've noticed Pastor Steve, the last two or three times he's preached this last time, he, he's God is, is equipping him and it's taking him to a different level. And what God is doing, he is, he's shifting. I can't take care of all of this. And, and God is shifting and moving and placing because when overflow comes, we've got to be prepared. I appreciate Brother Malcolm helping uh, Pastor Stephen Men's ministry. And so God's going to be dealing with your heart. Every one of you have a, a, a position, a place uh, to position yourself where God can use you. And so we want to be in that position that when overflow comes, that we're prepared for that overflow. Uh, I walked down in Sunday school class this morning, and you could, you could feel Brother Dale was down there on that old piano. We probably need to get that thing tuned. Uh, was on that piano and uh, just just beating away on that thing. And they were down there just worshiping the Lord. If 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 you like uh, uh, the older hymns, as he integrates that into his uh, into his message, I want to encourage you. Don't take that lightly. Show up at nine o'clock. Right? I'm right at nine o'clock. At least come early. 
okay? Come early. Be there at 10 till 9. And uh, I want to encourage you to get in that Sunday school class. The Spirit of the Lord was in there this morning when I walked in. They, he was in there just banging on that piano, and they were singing those hymns, and the Spirit of the Lord was in that little room down there. So I want to encourage you, come on Sunday morning to Sunday school class. Right there could be where you get your healing. You could get your touch. So we're just believing God for great and mighty things. You have a great week on, in the Lord. I, uh, I bless you. May God's hand be upon you. May you prosper. May you be in health. May God heal you. And may the Spirit of the Lord walk with you this week. Amen. Don't forget your tithes and offerings. we got a little box as you come through the back there uh, to lay your tithes and offerings. And may Lord the Lord bless you and may he keep you this week. Amen. God bless you.